Fantastic. After a few weeks of holiday, it's good to be back. It's great to see you again. So I thought let's start with something interactive to put a smile on our faces. You know, coming to church is not something like a sad event or somewhere that we need to sort of, uh, you know, show our um, best or be like, uh, you know, so, uh, somewhere hidden in a corner and just um, trying to, to show that we are good or something like that. Coming to church, it's a joy. It's to meet with each other and first of all to meet with our Lord. It's all about Jesus. So I thought I'm going to run around uh, with this microphone and just one or two, three words to say why we are all grateful for. So just a simple saying, if I ask you the question, what are you grateful for? What word comes to your mind? Let's, let's do this exercise this morning and let's open our hearts and be thankful be grateful to what God has done for us. And um, as a little reward, I brought some biscuits from our holiday. Um, be careful if you're allergic to something, but look, I'll open them now so they're brand new. Why are you grateful for, Ramona? I am grateful for good health, which God is giving us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please have a biscuit. Yes, of course. Right. Chris, what are you grateful for? Uh, salvation in Christ. Amen. You deserve one. There you go. My son passed his BTECs. He's going to college. Wow, that's a big, big achievement. Well done. John? Um, for peace. Peace. Amen. Yeah. Harvest in this terrific weather. That's a good one, isn't it? God is good. He provides. Jesus in my life and my family. Amen to that. It's a very straightforward answer. Peace and tranquility. Amen. Do you like one? All right, good, good. The countryside. Countryside. I like countryside too. Right, where we are. Thank you for the Lord's blessings that he's given me. Lord's blessing, amen to that. All right, good, good. Family and church family. Family and church family, amen. You all right? Thank God for everything. For everything. That concludes it all, right? <laughs> Amen. Grateful for? Still being able to walk up a mountain. <laughs> all right. Climbing, I suppose, right? <laughs> Grateful for? Yeah, family and friends. Family and friends. That's the best one, right? For the provisions that are given to me in my life. Amen. All the provisions in our lives. So many good things, isn't it? Grateful for? Uh, being able to relax in the school holidays. Big amen to that, right? Thank you. Brian? Uh, God's promises to us and our families. Amen to that. We're going to talk about some promises later. Thank you. Shelton? I'm grateful for the fact that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. We didn't have to pay anything but just believe in him. Amen. You stole my verse. There you go. <laughs> amen. Right. Grateful for, sir? I'm mean, uh, grateful for uh, my life and a great sense of humour. Amen. And welcome to this place. And last but not least, grateful for? I would say supermarkets and bus services. <laughs> now listen, because what we've got nowadays, uh, compared to Victorian East Anglia, we're a lot better off, you know. <laughs> Transport, yeah, that's true. And the supermarkets. And the supermarkets. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, I was trying to think of something people haven't said. Actually, I'm grateful for our NHS. NHS. Mm. Yeah, I mean to that. Absolutely. 
Right. Grateful for? I'm grateful for friends and family. Oh, that's a lovely one, isn't it? And grateful for? My friends and my house. Wow. Me too. All God's goodness to us. Goodness to us. Amen. Right. Grateful for? Godliness, no matter what. I mean to that. No matter what, no matter who we are and where we are. Hmm. Grateful for? Uh, this church. This church. Amen to that. Big amen to that. Right. Now, as I missed you, I'm going to leave the biscuits here then. Just uh, enjoy yourselves. Right, let's give a round of applause to everyone. That was a very good exercise. Just to get us moving. And we haven't finished the sort of interactive um, exercise because this morning is just a short message as a reminder about our salvation, about God's grace for our lives. Because we live in this world where it's a lot of doubt, isn't it? A lot of uncertainty. And very few people seem to have certainty for, for things in their lives. You know, these doubts concerning economy, rising in prices, fuel, electricity, energy, and so on. Uh, worries and concerns about the war in Ukraine and, and around the world. So we live in uncertain times. How will it last? How will it affect us? You know, how many lives will still be spent on trying to see who is victorious in that war in Ukraine, for example? So these doubts arise concerns in our lives about our future. And it affects, in a way, many people's sort of spiritual life as well. So Christians of all ages, they need that certainty again from God about salvation. We need assurance or reassurance about our salvation. And in our workplace, as uh, many of you know, you know, there are lots of talks about assurance, reassurance, any insurance, you know, car insurance, life insurance, house insurance. And assurance in the workplace, you know, is this project going to go to time and budget? I mean, we need assurance. We need assurance for our lives. And I've heard people, you know, asking sometimes, how can I be sure that I am saved? And I even asked people, that they seem to be very religious people, you know, going to church and do all sort of things. And when you ask the question, and I asked a few people the question, you know, are you sure that are you saved? And even people of, of a certain age who, you know, they went to the church all their life, they used to say, I don't know. I'll see when, I re when I'll get there. God knows. We'll see what happens. Where everyone goes, I'll go. So these kind of answers shows us that we need certainty. We need assurance, reassurance that we are indeed saved through our Lord Jesus Christ. So even today, you know, there may be people still uncertain. So I thought, let's have this discussion around the table. We have three questions there. And uh, we can spend like five minutes. Please discuss um, among yourselves those three questions. Points, few uh, thoughts about these questions. And together we can learn from each other. And after that, I'm going to have a few points as well to see that the scripture actually wants us to be 100% certain about our salvation in Christ. So the questions are, on each table, first question is, what are the differences between having a religion 
and having a personal relationship with Jesus. The second question is, how can we be sure of our salvation? And the third question is, what would you tell someone who needs to be saved? So please discuss around the tables, have a good uh, conversation, try to answer those questions. There is no right or wrong answer, obviously. It's just about learning each other, thinking of those important, key, essential questions for us and for our lives. So let's spend around five minutes, and uh, yeah, feel free to, to have a chat at, at your table. And then I'll come around when, when it's the time. Right. Are we ready then? Right. Hands up if you're ready to share. Or there is no escape, because I'll come around anyway. So I'll go here as we started. Do you have some answers here at this table then? You can answer all or just one or two questions if you want. We say just uh, being a religion doesn't make you a Christian. Just having a personal time with Jesus in every day is making you a Christian. That's my wife, by the way. <laughs> well done, well done. I can't say otherwise. <laughs> Good. So a relationship with Jesus. Right, from this table, do you have a, a speaker, Chris? There you go. Um, difference between being uh, doing works to try and attain something mm. and God meeting you as opposed to you meeting God and him giving you grace to fulfill all the needs and the works that you need to do in, in, in life. Um, Sounds like a proper, proper discussion here at this table. I have a, a verse actually is you have faith I have deeds show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds that's good theology there well done Chris wow second James, second James. and um, any, any of the other two questions so how can we be sure of our salvation any other thoughts it says it in the Bible and I think um, also, you, you can feel it in yourself, you can feel it in your heart that um, you're starting that relationship with God. Amen. And last one, if you have any thoughts, what would you tell someone who needs to be saved? Yep. Uh, I, I always take them through uh, the Ten Commandments and God's law, and then they understand um, where they would go in the next life and that they need a saviour and always do that picture of, of a courtroom mm. where God is the judge, um, judges you, that you'll go to hell. However, Jesus walks in and pays that price for you. So it's that relationship and Jesus taking your place as opposed to what you actually deserve. Mm. Right. Thank you very much for sharing. Excellent thoughts there. Right. Moving on, this table. Anyone who wants to share? Okay, so yeah, we thought the similar thing about religion is about our attempts maybe to fill a, that sort of God-shaped hole sort of for perhaps tradition and rules and regulations. Um, but having the personal relationship with Jesus is about um, us, yeah, him sort of, I suppose, reaching down to us and us sort of having that um, relationship with him. That, um, yeah, okay, and... How can we be sure of our salvation? Well, he tells us so in his word. So we need to trust his word on that. And perhaps, yeah, and having that, um, sort of, um, him 
giving us that sense, as John said. Um, and what would you tell someone who needs to be saved? Apart from you need to be saved, um, it's about them want, wanting, you know, to be in relationship with the Lord, isn't it? As well, um, and have we thought about repentance? Just the fact that you know nobody's good enough for God. Nobody's good enough, but we need we we have need of Him, and He wants us to depend on Him. Amen to that. Thank you very much. Really, really useful thoughts. My preach is nearly done this morning. Right. At this table, I have two speakers if you want. <laughs> right. So who wants to take? There you go, Gemma. Hello. Hi. I I'm not sure that we can add much more than what's been said. I mean, again, the first one is the, the religion is the, the rules and the regulations and having to conform to be a certain way for acceptance, whereas... The relationship is the key word in that one. Actually, that relationship is about... It's a two-way thing. It's an ongoing thing. And actually being accepted regardless of, of anything, really. Um, number two, how can we be sure of our salvation? Like everyone else has said, it's, it's one of those... It, it is just a deep feeling. You just know you... It comes down to that faith in believing what is written in the Bible and knowing that to be true. And... Yeah, having that Holy Spirit feeling of knowing, yeah, I am saved and this is, is where I'm at. Um, and, and again, we didn't get very far with the third one because it was almost what you tell someone, like Lucy said, yes, you need to be saved. But it also, it is very dependent on how well you know the person, the circumstances, what's going on and where that is. Um, I don't know. Yes, that's right. We talked about actually giving our own testimonies because that can't be argued with and actually just allowing people to see what a relationship with Christ looks like for us as individuals and allowing that to speak for itself. Very good. Thank you very much. That's a really, really helpful thoughts. There you go. Found you. Thank you. Um, the difference between a religion and having a personal relationship with Jesus, we just felt religion is like a collective. It's, um, it's an all-embracing thing. Um, a bit sterile but having a personal relationship with Jesus is you welcome Jesus into your heart and he becomes part of you and that is a personal relationship it's equal between well he's more equal than me but he guides me and, and, and directs me and blesses me and loves me and that is the personal relationship with Jesus how can we be sure of our salvation we believe God's word. It's written in the Holy Bible. Whoever comes to me comes to the Father and, and has salvation through Jesus. What would you tell someone who needs to be saved? Well, sometimes maybe saying to someone, you need to be saved. It depends how you say it. But what we thought would be, a great, would be good for someone who needs to be saved is to find and know who Jesus is. So we would advise them and even encourage them and go with them to an Alpha course. Amen to that. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing. Fantastic thoughts. Right. I can see fingers pointing in that direction. You're up. We agree with everything that Gemma said. <laughs> but, but just finally, um, uh, what would you tell someone that needs to be saved? I think through your growth, through your relationship with Jesus and through living out 
his word and, and his, his, you know, his way, um, people will actually then look towards you and say, what have you got? Why are you this? Why are you that? And, and then that's your opportunity then to tell them about you know, um, Christianity and our belief with Jesus and our, rela- our, re- our relationship with Jesus, which is totally unconditional and guaranteed. And um, so I think then people will then see what you have and then and that's what saves us all and hope and then they will hopefully then reach out to you and and want what you have amen thank you very much really helpful really helpful thoughts and finally but not is that shelton again there you go. um okay difference between having a religion and having a personal relationship with jesus religion is sort of a blanket term some people use religion just to belong. You know, their hearts and minds are not into it. They just want to belong. Um, I've given an example of when you take your kids to church, for, for example. When they grow up, they may decide to go a separate way. But when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, like my colleague here said, it's something that's ingrained in you. You are having a one-on-one with the Lord. It's something that's stemming from your heart. You know, and as such, you, you reap better results when you have a personal relationship because all the attention is on that person. Okay, uh, how can we be sure of our salvation? Like what everyone else has said, we have assurances from the Lord. Yeah? Yeah. Salvation can be described as um, deliverance from sin and its consequences. We have seen how other people that have been saved have changed their ways of life. We have numerous examples in the Bible of people who were on a destructive path, but when they met the Lord, their lives changed. So we are sure that once you get saved, that's going to happen. But you need to present yourself. You need to be in it. What would you tell someone who needs to be saved? Well, all they need to do is to trust and obey the effort is for you to believe and you trust that God will save you. Thank you very much. Right, another round of applauses. I think was excellent. Really good thoughts. And uh, before we carry on with some, some verses from the scripture, I'll hand over to Julie for a, a moment of prayer. Let's pray. Faithful Father, we give you thanks. Your love endures forever. It never fails. Though there are many ways in which we have failed, we've not exceeded the supply of your mercy and grace. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word. As Florin brings your word to us today, we pray that we would hear your voice. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work, opening our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word. May we be transformed into your likeness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, I think it's so important for us to be sure to understand what the scripture has to say about our salvation. And I'll start by saying uh, what is not assurance of salvation? Two things, at least two things that are not assurance of our salvation. And first of all, assurance of salvation is not by feelings. 
And let's remember this very clearly. Because human nature is such a way that, you know, judgments and decisions in our lives are so often made following our feelings. And sometimes our days are good or bad, depending how we feel in the morning sometimes. You know, how you start your day feeling in the morning. If you had a job, like we heard there, a testimony, you feel great, you feel up, you feel Lord is blessing you. If you had some, you know, money surplus in your account, after a holiday especially, you feel, you know, uh, you feel happy, you feel up there, you feel blessed. But sometimes in life, you know, things are not going as you plan. Emotions and feelings are determined by our circumstances. And sometimes in our emotions, when we feel down, you can feel that sort of disconnection from God and insecurity and uncertainty. So let's not be sort of tricked into that, saying, oh, if I'm not feeling well, that means I'm not saved. There must be something wrong with me. You know, I must have done something wrong and, and you know, it's no, there is no chance for my salvation. There is no hope for my salvation. And... We don't have to measure our spiritual vitality by the way we are feeling. I mean, sometimes we can feel disappointed by people, by friends, by family. But if we look at Jesus, we will never feel disappointed. So let's remember, feelings are not assurance of our salvation. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. That has nothing to do with the, the fact that we are saved in the Lord Jesus through uh, through faith. And the second one, which you discussed very well around the tables, salvation is not by being religious. It's not by being religious. And there are lots of, as we know, celebrations during the year, Christmas, Easter, where people are a bit more enthusiastic about, you know, uh, doing those things, showing the, their religion, being proud about their religion. And we heard rules and regulations and, and rituals and so on. Um, and, you know, sometimes you may ask someone and say, are you a Christian? Well, yes, I go to church. But the answer to that is that if I go and visit a zoo, right, every single day if I want to go, right, that doesn't make me a giraffe or, or a zebra, isn't it? By going in some places doesn't transform your life uh, on an inside. And we have lots of, of verses in the scripture, and that's what I'm trying to do this morning, just to... Bring out the scripture again as a reminder in our lives. As Apostle Paul said, it is useful for you to be remembered. This is useful for us to be remembered of this salvation. And it says in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, for example, it says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And that's just Jesus and I found an article about religion versus faith versus salvation. And I have a, just a couple of short comparisons. As it says in here, religion is improving human nature. Salvation through faith is receiving the new nature through Christ. Religion is the work of people for God. Salvation is the work of God for humanity. Religion says, I bring someone worthy to God. Salvation says... I cannot bring anything to God in exchange for my forgiveness. It's all by grace. Religion says, I trust in myself and in my acts, in my actions. Salvation says, I trust in the work of Christ for me 
on the cross. Religion depends on my sacrifice. Salvation depends on my faith. Religion says, bring someone to the altar and God may receive it. Salvation says, receive Jesus in your heart and his sacrifice on the cross. Religion says, fight, make every effort to become pure. Salvation says, I'm pure through the new nature from Christ. Religion is trying to make someone worthy. Salvation brings one from death to a new life in Christ. And let's remember those things. And salvation is for everyone. That's another important point. The invitation is for the whole humanity. But as we are using in the workplace, you know, we're using Outlook, and you get a meeting invite in Outlook, you can do three things. You can accept it, you can decline it, or you can tentatively accept it. That's something new. And so many people we see, they decline Jesus' invitation for salvation, or they tentatively accept it. You know, just, I'm just going to think about it. I'm undecided yet. I'm just going to give you some thoughts. And in Revelation chapter 3.20, Jesus here shows himself knocking on each and everyone's life. He says, Here I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. So let's remember this invitation is for everyone. And help us, Lord, all of us to receive that invitation. Now let's look very quickly at some of the verses who gives us assurance, 100% assurance of our salvation. And you said it very well on the tables. Assurance of salvation is by faith, not by acts, not by someone's works, not by someone because someone is greater, better than others. It's just by faith, by grace. And in Romans chapter 10, verses 9-10, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And another scripture says, Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. This is not from yourself, it is a gift from God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. There you go. So it is by faith. We have assurance of our salvation by faith. And in Titus 3, chapter 3, verses 5, 7, talks about a rebirth. Something that's going on in our hearts, inside of our hearts. It says, He, Jesus, saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because in His mercy, because of His mercy, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. As you rightly said, through the Holy Spirit, a rebirth, whom He poured out on us generously, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become his, having the hope of eternal life. How amazing is that statement? So we see we have a body, a physical body, and if someone asks us, have you been born? 
You can't just say, well, I think so, you know. Maybe I was born. You know the date, you have even a certificate. We know for sure. It's the same with our spiritual life. We know for sure we have been born again through our faith in Lord Jesus. And um, I gave to the children um, a word, the word faith. Let's see if you found an acrostic for that word. If you want to share, if you're courageous enough to come up here and share, what words have you found? Oh, Rafi. So, the word faith, you found some. Yeah. Um, for F, we did friendship and cooperation. For A, we did a church. Wow. For I, we did I love Jesus and God. For T, we did trust and respect. And for H, we did He is our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Faith, well done. Give them a round of applause. That's amazing. And Maria, at that table? Um, I did Father, the salvation. I love Jesus. Thank the Lord and hope. Amen to that. There you go. Children are very, very clever. Well done. So faith, my friends, faith is the first assurance in the scripture of our salvation. The second word for, for our assurance is that it comes by acceptance. We can be sure of our salvation if we accepted it. And in John chapter 1, verses 11-12, it says, gives this promise. It says, he came to that which was his own. Lord Jesus came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. This is about Jewish people at that time. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but from God. So when we invite Jesus in our lives, he comes and changes our hearts. He gives us a new life, a new perspective. Regardless of where we are, regardless of what we're going through, even in Psalm 23, like the shepherd there, Jesus is with us. He promises to be with us in the dark days. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, when he comes in our lives, he will change us forever. He will give us this assurance. And in the scripture, there are lots of verses that says, don't be afraid, I am with you. Don't be scared, don't be afraid. So assurance of salvation comes through acceptance. Have we accepted Jesus? Then we have that assurance of salvation. The third point is assurance of salvation is by walking with Jesus and trusting him. Walking with Jesus, that's an important um, element of our assurance. And in 1 John chapter 1, 7, 9 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever gotten lost? Turn around and just do your things. 
It happened to me when I was younger. I nearly drowned. You know, I was younger after some booze, as it happens. I wanted to swim alone in the sea in the night, just an adventure. So I went in the water, swam for a long time, and suddenly I got tired. And when I look back, I couldn't see where the shore is. I was confused. I was lost there in the sea. But then I looked I look harder, and I saw the lights were brighter from the shore, from you know, hotels, restaurants, whatever. And I tried to swim in that direction. And finally, after hard work and, and you know, fear, I arrived back on the shore, exhausted and tired. But I was like more than 100 yards from the point I started when I left my clothes. So God saved me, I think. He saved my life on that day. You know, that's how it happens. So that was an example for me. We're drifting away from God. And the more we drift, the more we stay away from Him, the further we go from Him. So the best decision is to come back, to come back home, come back to the Lord. It's the same with our faith. If we're drifting away, let's go back and walk in the light. Walking in the light is walking with Jesus. And in Acts chapter 3.19 it says, Repent, as we heard at that table there, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And let's remember as we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's a sign of our salvation, walking in the light and having fellowship with one another. The fourth point, assurance of salvation is indeed a promise from God. And as we all know, God always fulfills his promises. And it's all over the scripture. And I will give you a little challenge. When we go back home today, let's find other three, five verses about salvation in the scripture. And we'll see how many promises there are. I'll just give another example. In 1 John chapter 5, 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That was the purpose John was writing those letters. So that you may know for sure that you have eternal life. And verses 4 and 5 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Another point, assurance of salvation is now in this very moment. It's not something we need to wait in the future. It's not something we need to, you know, be uncertain about. It is now. And we have many verses who says, for instance, in John chapter 5, 24, he says, Very truly, Jesus himself here speaking, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. How strong, how powerful this promise is. Has eternal life. Not it will, not he will, not she will, not we will. Has eternal life now and will not be judged, but has crossed now over from death to life. Jesus said, as we read a few Sundays ago to Martha and, and uh, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life in John chapter 11. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Today, now, is the promise of our salvation. And the last point for this morning, the last reminder, last assurance, is we know for sure that we are saved in our hearts, as you said again in your answers, through the Holy Spirit testifies, the Holy Spirit testifies in our hearts that we are saved. He says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. This is the sign of our new birth in Christ because we love each other. Do we love each other? Do we have love? Amen. Praise the Lord, we do. So then we know that we have passed from death to life. So today's message, my friends, was a reminder, was a reassurance. We have hope in the Lord Jesus wherever we are in life. If we believe, if we walk in life, in light, we have assurance of our salvation. And I'll end this message with the summary that Paul gives in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. This is such a great summary of our salvation. And let's remember this chapter and verses. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I'll read this again. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if... While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. And God bless us all with this assurance, with this hope, that through him we are saved. Amen.